0: Lord, it's a weird time. And there is chaos in the world. And we know that the very first thing you spoke in creation was you said, Order from chaos. So, Lord, bring order. There are some of us today grieving, others are celebrating. But we're all your children. So what we ask, Lord, is this, that when all this is said and done, when, the, when the, all the elections in all the states are verified, that all of your people, all of this nation, all of the world who's watching us, that we all are confident that it's legal and just, because you, justice flows down like a mighty river from you. So Lord, make everything clear and give us confidence that this is how you foresaw it. And we know that you only have good things for your people. Lord, this message today is exciting to me, but I don't want it to be my message for them. I want it to be your message for us. It's changed each time from yesterday to this morning. And now Lord, stand in my shoes, give me your thoughts and speak with my mouth. So you, your word is proclaimed, not mine. And give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive. Whatever it is that you want to say to us, however you want to encourage us, or however you want to convict us. We want to hear it. Because we trust you above ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. This passage is... um, uh, I, I, I want to say it's one of my favorites because it is more marked up than any other chapter in my Bible. Lynn gave me this Bible... Uh, for my first birthday after we were married. Um, So uh, 1990, uh, February of 1990. And um, the first, I I make marks in my Bible. Some people don't do that. Some people don't feel comfortable with that. Um, But I highlight and underline. And if someone, if I'm in a sermon and someone tells me something or if I'm reading something in a commentary or doing my Greek work, if there's something that's like, I didn't know that, I kind of like make a little annotation. And you won't be able to see it from there. Uh, Oh, yeah, you can, maybe. Um, this is chapter 12 of Romans here. There's annotations over here. There's little notes over here. One of them I can't read. Uh, and then there's, not, there's, there's two verses. Actually, there's one sentence that doesn't have any mark in it. Um, this is not one of my favorite passages, but it is one of the most impactful passages for me. And so I want to share with you a focus on this passage that maybe you haven't thought of it. In a way, maybe you haven't thought of. Uh, I will tell you about the first annotation I made. Um, Back in uh, 1990. Uh, I, was, I was already in ministry, but I needed to be in seminary. And so I was looking into seminary uh, out, out east, uh, evangelical seminary out there outside of Boston called gordon Conwell Theological Seminary. So it was my brother-in-law, Lynn's sister's husband. He was, he was selling insurance when he got out of college, and then he, uh, he felt the call to ministry. So he, he and I decided we're gonna apply to this seminary, and I filled out my application, got my references sent out to the people that have, have to reference for me, and he did the same, and he got in. And two weeks before I did, but I didn't know, like, why did Chris get in and mean that now? This is before I knew that new England's probably not the right place for me. Cause I'm as Midwest and Southern as they come. I still wave at people when I go down the road at east they don't do, I make eye contact when I'm walking as a pedestrian down the street, they don't do that. And they talk like, I can't do it. Um, I just, I'm just not, I wouldn't have been a good fit. And I wouldn't have ended up here. I wouldn't have had the life that I've had. My children wouldn't have had the upbringing they had. It, but, but I was jealous. I was jealous that he got something that I wanted. And the very first notation I ever made in this Bible, it says this, CM, that's Chris Mitchell, Gordon-Comwell Seminary. Because it, right here it tells me, rejoice with those who rejoice. So I do not like this chapter, but I love it. Does that make sense? No. no? I'm with you, man. I don't make much sense. I don't, I don't understand why people come and listen. <laughs> I have to recover. I don't know how. Okay, Lord, you got to start talking now. Okay, here we go. A couple things that uh, Pastor Doug talked last week about, um, a place, a a sense of belonging, a place to belong, and and it's God's people, and it's with God. And then... uh, I want you to see here that God's idea for this is our posture, our posture statement in the church is look up to see what God is doing. Lean in to whatever Jesus has for us. And part of that is worship. It's, it's leaning in. You know, we give an offering to, of worship to God and he returns the favor. He gives us something in return. God has some things for us. But there's also a sense of, sometimes you have to lean in. You have to, you have to, you, you have to you, God says do it, you go do it. And then live out your faith wherever the spirit leads you. Sometimes, especially in the chaotic world we live in right now, we, we, we look up and we're like, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? But here's this thing. Sometimes we forget that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, three persons, they have their own relationship, own family relationship within the Godhead. But when they decided, when, when he, they, I hope you understand, I'm not a heretic. Um, when, when Father, Son, and Holy Spirit decided we wanna create humanity, And they they breathed life. It says that we created humankind in our image and breathed life into Adam and breathed life into Eve and and made this earthly family so that God's will be done on earth as it's already being done in heaven. And so we are his partners in pushing out the kingdom of God, visible and invisible. We are partners with God in carrying out his will, his mission on the planet. So sometimes when we look up to see what God is doing, because Christ, the second person of the Trinity, the son became Jesus, we don't always have to look up. We can look out and see the partnership we have with Jesus and we can look up and see, or look out and see God's work in one another. So have that lens when you look at this passage, when you hear me read it. We're going to read the whole thing. The other piece is, at the beginning, it's almost poetic. It's beautiful. And then there's a segment of the passage that's like, like a proverb. You remember the Proverbs It says, you know, here's, I'll use this example because I'm going to use another example later, and I want you to know that I have right to do it because of Scripture. Okay? As a dog returns to his vomit... So a fool returns to his folly. That's a proverb. This, 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 this. Proverbs 1, 2, and 3, it's all about wisdom and foolishness. Wisdom and foolishness. Wisdom and folly. Wisdom and folly. There's a whole segment in here that's just Paul saying boom, 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 boom. Why? because he's telling us what God's will is, and he's showing us that if we're looking up and and knowing God, then this is what God is wanting us to do and who he wants us to be. So when we get there, I'll let you know when we're at the kind of proverbial part. It reads like this. This is Paul speaking to the church in Rome. Therefore, I urge you brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. This is the passage that Pastor Doug read at the end of his sermon last last week. I know that. You know that. God's doing something in this passage. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you... Do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it's leadership, let him govern diligently. And if it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Now kind of the more proverbial part. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope. Patient in affliction. Faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless, do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, live in harmony with one another. Do, do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. I have written in this little annotation that says, don't be a snob. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace With everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, It is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, Give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heat burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And just so you know, there's a tense in Greek that we don't have in English. This do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Looking at one of my notes here, stop being in the process of having been overcome by evil. So in other words, if lately you've been, it says in your anger, do not sin. Right here it says we, we don't need to be caught up and affected the way the world is caught up and affected. The other thing that I want to make sure that you know, because I, I had this wrong for years. I used to love this passage. I used to, uh, if, if the enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, uh, give him something to drink. In doing so, you will, reap, you will heap hot coals upon his He says vengeance is his, but he's telling me how to get it. So if I'm nice, I get a little vengeance. That's not what it means. Any of you campers, you ever had a campfire? Or if you have a wood stove at a deer hunting cabin, you know what this is like. You put the, you put the wood in at night, you're cold. It hopefully is, well, I don't want it to get cold, but if you're a deer hunter, you kind of like it that way. Um, it, it, you, put the, you, put, you put the wood in there, and it gets so hot. You, I mean, you could, if you put a pot on top of it, it would boil water and then you go to bed in three, four, five in the morning, uh, maybe when you're getting up to do your business, you've got to put clothes on because you're so cold and you walk out there and that thing, the room is cold, the, the stove is cold, nothing's warm. And you open it up and you're like, oh please, 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 just a smoldering cinder in there so that I don't have to go get matches and go get paper and go get kindling or rub two sticks together. You just want a little bit of coal. Well, folks, Back in the nomadic culture, when people would travel around, they would make a fire. And then one of the things that they would do when they get up to move to their next spot, they would find a little smoldering cinder, a little coal that has a little bit of life left in it. And they would pack it up and they would wear it on their head. They would put it in their turban type thing. And they had, I don't know what, I don't know what, I can't remember what they put it in, but they would put it, they would they would, they would put it on top of their head and it would keep their body warm. But it also meant that when they get to their next place, they take that out, they blow on it, they put a little tinder around it and it lights back, it, it lights a new fire. So unfortunately, Paul is saying, "If your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink." In so doing, it's like saying, "Be on your way, be well with God's speed." It's Not exactly as, not quite as fun as the other way, but what is God telling us? What does he want his people to do? If you want to know what God's will is, his good pleasing and perfect will, what does he tell you? He says this. He says, therefore brothers, in view of God's mercy, now notice it's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. And I used to, the way I'm wired is I want, all of us have a tendency to have a transactional relationship with God. If I do this, you do this. If I give this up, you have to bless me in a different way. And so I I always focused on sacrifice. In view of God's mercy, offer yourselves as living sacrifices. This, holy and pleasing to God, this is worship. But the word there is in view of God's mercy, in view of the fact that God does not give you what you have coming to you. He wants us to offer ourselves. The word there is offer and then sacrifice. And here's the thing, no offering is without sacrifice, but there are sacrifices that are not offerings to God. All squares are rectangles, but not all rectangles are squares. All offerings demand sacrifice, but not all sacrifices are offerings. What is he saying? He's saying in view of God's mercy, because God is such a good God, is such a noble God, is such a, a God with a tender heart. Go all in. This bodies is living sacrifice. The word there is sarks. It means all that humanity is, but it's a callback to Romans 6.3, when in Romans 6.3, they were offering their bodies to things that were not of God. So right here, he's saying to you and me, if God is merciful, you gotta be all in. Go for it Go, all the way. And he, and it says by the, by the grace given to you, you've been gifted to do certain things. And we've all heard this. If you've grown up in the church, you know, as I know, that everyone has given gifts. God, because he's gracious, gives gifts and gives different gifts to different people. And sometimes we think my gift's not that big a deal. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you an illustration. I'm not gonna use the words, but you'll, most of you will put the pieces together. The parts of a body, of, of the body were having an argument, a physical body having an argument. Who's most important? The eyes, of course they're most important. They're kind of, kind of talk. Well, you'd be stumbling around all over the place. You wouldn't be able to see food to eat. You wouldn't, da, da, da. yeah, and then, and then, the, then the hand kind of goes, well, yeah, but if I have a stick, and if, if, you're, if you're not working and I have a stick, I can find my way around. And then the mouth is like, yeah, but you can't eat or drink or anything else if you don't have me. And the hand's like, yeah, but I take it and put it in there. And, and then the nose is smelling, and the, and the ears, the hearing, and the, the, the heart, the pumping, and the, and the lungs, the breathing, and all of that. And there was one part of the body, though, that never jumped in. I mean, the pinky is arguing. The pinky nail is arguing. The pinky toe. Say, so you ever kick me? You know how, how important I am if, you, if you've ever been. But there's one part of the body that decided, I'm going I'm to I'm show them. No one noticed any difference for two days. After two days, they start going, hmm. four days, feeling a little bloated, feeling a little uncomfortable, a little slow to move around, funny sounds coming from down here. After seven days, eight days, yes, you're the most important. Feeling a little toxic and now not toxic anymore. And that part of the body just said, just saying. There is no part of the body. I'm not saying that in the, in the, in, in the spiritual realm or in the body of Christ that you're supposed to be that part. <laughs> not saying that. But there is nothing more or less important than any other. Why? How do I know? Because God chose to gift you in a specific way, and he ordained that from, be, from before time began that you, there are good works that he has prepared in advance for you to do in accordance with the grace and the faith that he has given you. So if you are someone who is hospitable, be hospitable. If you're someone who serves, I love Alicia, we've got others, I mean, there's there's Rick and there's Mary and there's others that help, but Alicia has a a, a phenomenal brain. I'm just talking about people on our staff. She has a phenomenal brain and the way she looks at the church building and the property and she's calling contractors or she reaches out to to HVAC people from within our congregation or or she she knows that we need this RTU unit set up or she knew, she's keeping things clean so that we don 't get sick she there 's the toilet paper in the office in my I have a bathroom in my office. praise God um, I moved into the old nursery it 's never been empty because she 's always on it i don 't even know when she comes in she She serves as an act of worship, her church, thereby her God, by doing things that most people don't wanna do. Now, Alicia is probably probably never gonna come up and give a sermon or give her testimony. In fact, she would probably quit if we said you must. But she is preaching and giving testimony every day. And so are you. You wanna know what God's will is? Go all in. You want to know what His good, pleasing, and perfect will is for you? Go all in. There was an old, uh, an old back in the early two thousands. There was a, a, a book going around most churches called "Experiencing God" by Henry Blackaby, and he has this great little quote. If you want to, you want to know what God's will is. Find out where God's doing something, and join Him. And you want to know where God's doing something in you, in your neighborhood, at your work, in your life, how you parent. Yeah, we're gonna all mess it up. But you wanna know what God's doing, look at his people. And you wanna know what God's plan is for humanity. Look, look for the times when someone mourns with someone mourning, when someone helps someone in need. When someone a Christian messes up and then owns it and seeks forgiveness. You want to know what God's heart is, what God's will is? Watch God's people. Yeah, we get caught up in it. We get this kind of vibrating and it's all the anxiety comes up, but when it boils right down, here's what we know. He is sovereign. He has always been, he is, and he always will be. When it all boils down to it, I need to feed my enemy if he's hungry. I need to give him something to drink if he's thirsty. Thereby, I am saying, God be with you, be well. Imagine the change on the planet. If all of God's people decided as his will is already being done in heaven, I'm gonna participate in his will being done here on earth. Now, some of you think, and I've heard this and I get a little jealous of different gifts. I got jealous with Chris Mitchell with uh, Gordon Conwell. I get, I get jealous of Lynn's gift. She's a composer, she has this artist. She's able to pick apart a song by ear, find the chords, and then play it. I can't, and what she's able to communicate in, a, in, 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 the, uh, in her lyric, she can do in three minutes and 10 seconds, and you'll remember it, and I can't do it in 30. Blows me away. Like, oh, but I sing like Buddy Hackett. She sounds like a winsome angel. So sometimes like, I don't, I wish I, you know, you kind of want the gift you don't have, but you know, God gave you the gift he wants you to have, and he wants you to use it the way he intended it to be used. And if you think your gift is lesser than another, or if you don't even know what your gift is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you, it is almost certainly not what you hate the most. Like if it scares you to death, to stand up in front of people and pray aloud, that's probably not what he, he probably hasn't gifted you with public intercessory prayer, but it is probably almost certainly the thing that you love the most that gives you life, that you excel in, that you don't even have to think about because it just comes natural to you. That's the part of you, he wants to use all of it. I still am supposed to pray even though I'm not gifted in intercessory prayer like that. I'm I'm supposed to to be hospitable even though I'm an introvert and it's a bother to me every time my doorbell rings. But I'm still supposed to be nice But there are people that are made to be hospitable. There are people that are made to serve in different ways. There are people, and you have something that God has made for you to do. Someone that he's made you to be and only you can be that person. So in view of God's mercy, offer yourselves. Then you will be able to know what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You're part of the body. Not just this body, the body. And what the world needs now is love, sweet love. I know. You know what the world needs? You. You. And your gift. And it's a gift that God thought would be best for you. He bought it. He wrapped it. He gave it after he paid for it with his life and he gave it to you. And he says, now go do my will on earth as I am already having it done in heaven. So if you want to look up and know what God is doing, look out and see how his people are behaving as far as it depends on you. Let's pray. Lord it is often difficult to remember that we don't have to please you as much as we're supposed to live as if we're pleased with you. Yes Lord there are times when we mess it up and we come back to you and you 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 keep no record of wrongs. You remove our sins as far as the east is from the west. But Lord most of the time you look at us and you just think of us as dear children whom you love and who you wanna see become more and more like your son. Help us all walk out of here this morning knowing that what the, what the world needs is us. Not because we're arrogant, but because we know whose we are and we want others to know whose they are. By serving them, by talking to them, by visiting them, by turning the other cheek, whatever you call us to do, Lord, give us the strength and the courage to do it. In the name of Jesus, we pray, through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within us, for the glory of God, our Father. Amen.